Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. I hope you're having a great day. You know something? In my heart, I am just rejoicing. I'm having a party inside of me, if you want to know the truth. Now, does that mean everything outside of me is great? Not necessarily. But uh, you know what? That really has nothing to do with how I choose to feel today. It has nothing to do with how I'm going to approach life. And, you know, I want to take you on a journey where no matter what you're facing at any moment when you come to sanity, you can say, well, wait a minute, is, is, this, uh, is this how I want to feel? Is this what I want to feel? And is not what I want to feel? And make a choice and bam, suddenly change everything that's inside of you. See, that's what true freedom is. True freedom is where you are living your life out of your heart. You realize that based on the principles of the, uh, of the laws of the kingdom and based on the fact that you were created in the likeness and image of God, you have absolute authority over everything that happens in you. And I want you to come to that place where you can change how you feel. You can change your attitude. You can change your emotions instantly just by making one decisions. I want to tell you what's going on in the world right now. If we don't, if we don't understand the laws of the kingdom, if we don't understand that we have authority, well, you know what? We're just going to remain to be slaves. You know, uh, uh, the Bible talks a lot about being free, and really, in some sense, that's really one of the things that the government's offering us right now is freedom and equality and justice and all of these things that we that they've never given us that I want us to have. Uh, it's an illusion that they want to use us use to take us deeper and deeper into slavery. And you know the thing about slavery, slavery just gets down to this: when somebody else controls you, I mean, or some other circum circumstance controls you. A person it doesn't have to be a person; it can be any uh, circumstance that's going on around you. If a circumstance can control your emotions, you're a slave. If the economy can control your sense of prosperity, you're a slave. Uh, if your spouse can, can control your level of happiness, you are a slave. And I don't know about you, but I have no intention of living like a slave. I want to live in the freedom that God himself gives us in our heart through the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work. So the question is, I want to ask you this: What would you, what will you do with your friend once you, once you, once you understand the the unlimited expanse of God's uh, freedom in Christ? What, what what are you really, really going to do about it? You know, the Bible had. Uh, an event that happened every 50 years is called the year of Jubilee. And we understand, uh, I think for the most part, many of the basic concepts of the year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, every 50 years, um, uh, every debt was canceled. And if you sold your land, if you sold your property, it went back to you and your family. And so, man, that was pretty incredible. By the way, this was one of the feasts or celebrations that, as far as I know, the Jews never actually uh, uh, observed it the way the Bible taught for it to be observed. But uh, I want you to understand something. There are some reasons the year of Jubilee was established. And... Uh, 
God has never wanted uh, the wealthy to get control of the wealth. In other words, uh, you know, when people talk about equality and, and God wanting us to have equality, and, and of course, you know, today, uh, many people in government, the left and the right, have uh, they've abandoned God's righteousness. They've abandoned God's values. They teach lawlessness and call it righteousness. And so, and so, many many people today have this illusion, or or, or have this uh, uh, deception that that God's uh, uh, offering us. Equal outcomes, equal that we're all supposed to live as equal. Man, I heard somebody on Facebook the other day talking about, well, well, isn't this what Jesus would want? Wouldn't Jesus want everybody to be equal? Let me tell you something. The Bible indicates that even in heaven, even though we'll all be equal before God, that doesn't mean we all are equal in, in what we do. The, you know, the Bible talks about rewards. I don't even understand how there could be rewards in heaven. But, you know, I don't have to understand it. I just, I just have to believe it. But this whole concept of the, of the and I believe God w w would love for us all to have uh, uh, everything equal, share everything equally, but God will not make that happen, and He will not force that upon anybody. And so, really, the you know, and the way this is happening now, out, you know, around the world and in governments, is this equality is going to come about by stealing what one group of people have. And in many cases, it's people who have worked hard, worked diligent. Yes, sometimes they inherited. I'm, you know, I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything about those things. I'm just saying uh, it's about stealing what one group of people have worked hard and diligent and their whole life for and giving it to people who didn't. And, uh, and you know, I understand, I understand all the double talk and, and all the fake stuff about, you know, about fairness and, you know, there's a whole new concept of fairness out there. But I will tell you, I will tell you about the equality that God talks about. The equality God talks about is that God loves us all equally and that God will work in and through us, giving us what the Bible calls grace to fulfill our dreams and our goals. But we have to want them and we have to put our hand to the plow. We have to go out and do the work ourselves. And, and God is very clear that people who, uh, who will not go out and do what, you know, what they want to do or what they need to do to find success and to find freedom from debt and freedom from oppression and all that kind of stuff, that, that uh, you can't give that to them. You can't get it for them. And if you do get it for them, it's probably going to, it's probably going to blow up. It's probably, you know, they're just going to lose it over and over and everybody's going to get poorer and poorer and poorer and poorer because God does not offer equal outcomes. God offers equal opportunity, equal standing before him, equal love and acceptance by him. And the rest of it, is our choice because we have authority over our lives. We have authority on planet Earth. So the year of Jubilee was 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 designed to uh, protect the country from being overtaken by the wealthy and oppressing the poor. But it was also designed 
to bring everything back to the equal opportunity starting place. Not the equal finish, that's up to you, but the equal opportunity starting place. Now, this th these were not bailouts. These were not stimulus packages. I want you to understand this. You know, it's a really interesting thing. In my lifetime, I've never seen a, the average working American get much benefit from a you know, from a stimulus package of any kind. You know, 30% of the small businesses, which by the way, the small businesses in America make up the bulk of the income. And, uh, and, and keep in mind, you know, one of the goals of the elitists is to put small business out of business and only a very few businesses owned by the corrupt wealthy who are elitists and they consider themselves better than you uh, only their businesses will flourish they will control the economy they will control you know they will control how much people work they will control how people are treated uh, and all those all those kind of things uh, you know i i remember thinking back under the first i don't remember if they call it they didn't call it a bailout or stimulus i don't remember what they called under george bush but i remember thinking why number one why are you giving this to other countries that have nothing to do with our economy it will not help our people and it's, it has nothing to do with anybody's economy they, you know they, they gave uh, millions and millions of dollars just like in our last stimulus package you know uh uh uh, hundreds of millions of dollars were given to other countries for stuff that means nothing. It will never benefit us. It doesn't help one American citizen at all. But, you know, I always thought if you wanted to stimulate the economy, then whatever amount you decide on, distribute it equally among every family in America. And then those families will go out and spend money buying the things they want, the things they need, and supporting the businesses that they trust and that they have, and the businesses that have earned that trust. Instead of doing that, uh, something happens on a corporate level where only corporations uh, get, you know, get bailed out. Now, what this really means is these businesses and banks who have done things that really were probably illegal. Um, they were bad business practices. Uh, they, they, they were corrupt. They did them deliberately. Uh, who, who ended up going, you know, on the verge of bankruptcy. They got rewarded for their bad behavior. I don't, I don't know about you, but uh, uh, that, that, what was it, a $60 check, that $60 check? or whatever it was and it doesn't even matter if it's a $1,400 check, $60 check. You know what? That's really not going to do much for the fact that those 30% of small businesses that have gone under employed millions of people. And I got news for you, millions of people who have been out of work for months, uh, $1,400 means nothing, particularly in light of the fact that millions and millions and millions are being given to people in other countries for absolutely worthless, stupid projects that will never help one person's life improve. That's not what the year of Jubilee was. The year of Jubilee was very different than a bailout. You know, one of the things, it only happened probably for most individuals once or twice at the most in their lifetime because it only happened every 50 years. Well, man, I'm telling you, uh, you know, we had, we had, we had these bailouts under Bush. We had these bailouts under Obama. Uh, we have, we're now heading to, to two bailouts under, under this administration, one under the Trump administration, one under the Biden administration. He's only been in office for five minutes. And so, so 
this is not only rewarding bad business, but this is rewarding bad business over and over again and incentivizing them to continue being dishonest, being corrupt, and doing things that destroy our economy. Also, I want you to realize this. Uh, in, the, in the Jubilee, um, uh, because this bailout or this recovery uh, philosophy that God had, it did not give government or big industry any control over you because the money was put in your hands. And in fact, because this was instituted by God's word, it was something that made you have gratitude toward God instead of toward a particular politician or particular political party because this is between you and God. This is something God said had to happen to take care of you. You know, one of the biggest things, by the way, about the year of Jubilee, and I don't have time to keep, you know, going very far in this, but the year of Jubilee is also a model of God's forgiveness and God's desire to give you freedom so that you do find that place where you can start over debt-free. You know something, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have one bad attitude toward this stimulus package, this next one that's coming out. Like I say, if all of the money was given to individual families and then they would spend money that would stimulate free enterprise, which would, which would tell business, you better serve people well, you better take care of people because if you don't, people won't spend money with you and you will deservedly go out of business. So, so it's a model of God's forgiveness, but it's a model of what it looks like for God to give you freedom so that you can start over in your life with equal, true equal opportunity with everyone. Now, so, you know, one of the questions I've asked a lot of people is this, what would you do if you were suddenly debt free? In other words, if, if by an inheritance, a lottery or whatever, suddenly you had the money to pay off all of your debts. Well, studies show that people who win a lottery or suddenly become debt-free without earning it, they are usually completely broke within just a few years, and more times than not, financially, they are in worse condition than they were before they got their hands on their money. You know, interesting thing about money, and I understand that, that, you know, what it actually says in the Greek is that money is the root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say, it, it doesn't say that money is the problem. Money is never the problem. The heart of man is the problem. It's what's in your heart that determines whether money is going to help you or money is going to hurt you. You take a drunk that has, you know, that, that gets drunk every Friday night, maybe every Saturday night, every now and then, and uh, he has no intention of, of having a better quality of life, a more moral or ethical life. All that really means when that person gets a bunch of money is now they can drink themselves to death. They can, they can kill themselves even quicker. And so people who in their heart, because that's, that's where destruction, self-destruction, which the Bible calls sin, that's where that comes from. It comes out of your own heart. So when you get debt-free uh, without developing the character uh, that to pay your bills, without developing, you know, certain character traits, then the, the thing is all you have now is you have more resources to destroy 
your life. And the thing is, particularly if it was given to you, uh, you didn't earn it. You didn't develop any character. You didn't develop any self-control. You didn't develop good spending and investing habits. Uh, you're still, you're still got the crooked and messed up heart that kept you poor and that kept you, kept you uh, as a substance abuser that kept you locked up and bound all of your life. And so, so, so now, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna be worse, and you're gonna keep thinking a miracle's gonna come. You're gonna keep thinking somebody's gonna come and bail you out. Listen, parents, don't bail your kids out. You know. Uh, give them a way to work their way out of trouble. Give them a way to develop the character that it takes to come out of trouble so they won't grow up and have a, have a welfare mentality that says everybody owes us something and we're victims and somebody has got to come and do this. Now, uh, <clears throat> like I say, people who are given bailouts always, con nearly always, continue making the same foolish mistakes assuming that Somebody will pay the way for them, and that's what most parents in the last 50 years have done. That you know, they they got they got 40 year old kids sitting down there in their basements that don't have jobs. They're paying their bills, they're paying their car payments, they're buying their groceries. They don't even make them get up, make up their bed. Kick them out in the streets and let them go find a way to live. That's the Bible way. People always say, "Well, what would Jesus do?" I tell you what Jesus do. Jesus say, "You don't work, you don't eat." Jesus would say, "A man's belly will." make him want to work. Jesus would, would, would talk about the many principles of the difference between having a prosperity that destroys you and a prosperity that heals you and connects you to God. Now, <clears throat> uh, I, want you to, I want you to realize this, that, and I'm saying all of this, not even so much to criticize the government, that, that you know, what their reasons are for doing what they do are there reasons? Uh, I don't think they make sense. I know they're not biblically based, but I know this. Th those actions are never designed to actually set you free. Those actions are designed to take you deeper into a codependent mentality so that you will replace all of your dependence on God, all of your dependence on yourself, and you will become a slave to those who bail you out. So it's really not freedom. Freedom, you know, uh, as a minister, and you know, you know, for years I had a, I had a health clinic here. We treated substance abuse problems and all kinds of health issues. And you know, I've been involved in all kinds of coaching and business programs. My goal in everything that I develop and everything I do is to work myself out of a job. I don't, if, if, if I'm coaching you, I don't want you to need me years from now. If I was your pastor, I didn't want to be the first person you called or thought that you needed when you got in trouble. I want God to be the first person that you call. I wanted you to know how to connect to God for yourself without any need from me. Yeah, yeah, I can encourage you. Yes, I can help you grasp certain concepts in the Word of God, but I, but I want you to be able to connect with God for yourself. I don't want you to be one of the five foolish virgins who thinks they've got to run and, and get oil from their pastor and miss the whole journey uh, with Jesus. So, <clears throat> so Jesus wants to set you free. And as a matter of fact, 
you know, uh, in the book of John, the eighth chapter, talks a lot about this. And by the way, let me mention something to you. If you'll notice, January, all of February, I am not even offering a special series. I'm just saying, go to our website, impactministries.com, find a series that will bless you. Uh, if you don't have the money to buy it, get, uh, get the video series and watch it for free. If you want to go into, into you want to take a deep dive into discipleship, then you then you can purchase the uh, uh, the audio series, which uh, always 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 has several more hours than what we can put in video. People just get tired of it, you know, when you when you put it in video. But people who are seeking discipleship, they they really want to get down to the nitty and gritty. So you know, I encourage you to to go to our website, impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com and find the tools that you need to develop yourself. Scroll through and see what we've got and understand that everything, everything there is designed to help you develop your connection with God so you don't need me. You know, I want to be your friend, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, and I, and I don't mind being your minister, someone who will serve you. But uh, I don't want to be anybody that needs you. I want you to be so confident in who you and Jesus are together that you don't have any sense of needing anybody. Now, <clears throat> so Jesus was speaking to the Jews. Now, so as Jews, you know, they had the heritage of the Word of God. The Word of God was delivered to the Jews. And so Jesus is speaking to them. But besides being Jews, they were Jews who believed on him. Now, you know, we have this idea that it's okay, I, I believe on Jesus. I believe, you know, I believe God raised from dead. Okay, that should automatically fix everything. So if anything goes wrong, since I believe on Jesus, God should rush over here and fix everything for me. Well, <clears throat> Jesus taught the parables of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, which are somewhat overlapping. They both represent different properties are different aspects and different experiences of walking with Jesus uh, as Lord. Uh, walking, you know, the kingdom of God represents the concept that you have surrendered him, to him as Lord and that you are a disciple. Kingdom of heaven represents access to all of the resources that, that God has. And so <clears throat> we got this idea that just because you get born again, that suddenly everything is supposed to be handed to you. We got that same we got the same welfare mentality with Jesus and the kingdom of God that we have with the government and everybody else. Well, <clears throat> first of all, in the book of John, the third chapter, it doesn't tell you that you enter in the kingdom of God when you get born again. It tells you you can perceive the kingdom. You can see that there is a kingdom. In other words, you can grasp, see, realize something that you could not see, believe, or realize before. So once you realize there's a kingdom of God, then you start listening to Jesus' teachings about the kingdom, and you make a decision whether or not you're going to enter into, into that kingdom. And when you enter into that kingdom by surrendering to Jesus as Lord and by becoming a disciple, then that opens up a whole new dimension that's been there all the time. God's always been offering it to you, but you couldn't see it before because it was a matter of the heart. You see, Jesus sets people free not by changing their circumstances. Jesus sets people free by changing their heart, by changing what's in their inner man. When we become a new creation, now we see the world different. We interact with the world different. We interact with ourselves differently. And, and now we are not slaves because we are no longer in bondage. Now remember, anything that can control you, or if anything can control you, it means to some degree you're a slave. 
If your emotions go out of control and people mash your buttons, you're a slave to the people that mash those buttons. If, you're, if your lust goes out of control when somebody dresses provocatively, then you're a slave to those people who want to tempt you uh, morally. Uh, if, uh, you know, all of these things that happen outside of us, if they affect our quality of life, if they affect the way we make our decisions, then we are slaves. No matter whether we're Christians or what we call ourselves, we are slaves. And so this means that the reality of it is we might make some some basic uh, uh, behavior changes, but at the end of the day, we're still going to be the same people we were. You know, all of these people that, uh, and, and you know, it shocks me the number of people, you'll see on Facebook, the number of people that talked about all of the the riots that took place in Minneapolis and, and D.C. and Portland and all these other places where, where uh, businesses were burnt down. Police officers were killed. Thousands of police officers have been maimed, have been wounded. And, and I, can, I don't remember how many have died. Uh, uh, businesses were destroyed. Neighborhoods were burnt down. People that didn't do anything to anybody. They didn't hurt anybody. I got news for you. Those people that are out there burning down houses, destroying businesses, breaking into buildings, stealing, it does not matter what changes on the outside. They will always be violent, angry people because of what's in their heart. In other words, they will always be a slave. They will be easily offended. They will always feel like everything's about them. They will always feel like they're being attacked. They will always feel like they're being put down. Well, you know what? We may not do that to the extreme that we're out burning houses and murdering people, but you know, we do that on some level and we pout and we gossip and we slander and we talk bad about people. We take our eyes off Jesus and we stop, we stop moving forward with our life and, and become victims and, and really become slaves. And now we've alienated ourselves from Jesus in a way that matters in our lives. So Jesus said, look, you know, I know you're Jews. I know the word of God came to you. I know you believe in me. But the problem is this. You need to be a, be a disciple. You need to let my word abide in you. In other words, this needs to, God's word needs to be abiding you in such a way that this is the basis from which you make every decision in your life. I'm not talking about legalistically making those decisions. I'm talking about because love drives you, because you know God loves people, and everything that you do, you know God has, or everything God's told you to do, you know He's told you to do it because He loves you and He wants you to have the very, very best. Now, I got news for you. These Jews became incredibly incensed. Because, man, they're, they're Jews. They're descendants of Abraham. How could you even imply that they, that, that they weren't made free? Well, I got news for you again. Just the fact that that was their reaction clearly stated that they were not experiencing freedom. Because, like I said, if, if somebody can push your butt and send you off of the rails externally, you're being controlled. You are a slave. In verse 36, it says, If the Son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. In other words, you will discover what real freedom is. Now, folks, listen. What's happening in our world today, what's going to happen and get worse in months and years to come, you will not emotionally or spiritually survive, and you may not physically survive if you're still a slave. 
if other people can control you, if other people can affect your emotions, if other people can, can drive your decisions, if you get tormented and you're angry and you're depressed and you're obsessed, you know, I, you know, the suicide rate in America is going crazy. Why? Because people are looking out here in a world and because things out here are not as they should be, they give up. Well, I got news for you. When the sun sets you free, you get free in here. I want to ask you a question. Are you really free in Jesus? And do you want to stay free? Are you really free? Are you living a life that says, I am who I want to be? I have peace and joy in my heart because I'm righteous through the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody outside of me is controlling me. Nobody outside of me is dictating my life. Which way, you know, which way is it? Listen, I just want, want to remind you of this. And, and by the way, be sure and share this with your friends. If you think this message will help people, send this to people. Uh, you know, we have all over the world, we have what we call iGroups. And iGroups where people get together and use these messages to have home group meetings. Use these, share these, and invest in other people. And if you want to help us reach a billion people and raise them as the disciples of Lord Jesus Christ, you go to impactministries.com and be sure and check it out. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.